you ever tried the McGregor Columbia Club? Not yet. Did you know the McGregor Columbia Club has two rooms to accommodate gatherings from small birthday parties to corporate meetings to large weddings and even banquet events? Really? Now, how many does that place seat? It seats over 300 people. They also have an in-house decorator, rental items to work within your budget. Their main spacious hall is ideal for maintaining distance between attendees. Well, what's the food like? Well, they specialize in roasted chicken, but also have a full menu offering your favorite dishes. Really? Can you do fundraisers there? They have fundraising opportunities for charities with their fish fry, pasta, or steak dinners, and other events. Come on. Now, what about breakfast? Well, they have an amazing breakfast. It starts at 8.30 on Sunday, and it ends at noon, offering your full breakfast menu. Don't they have a cornhole league there, too? Ooh, I'm glad you mentioned that, because they play in it. It's uh, just getting ready to go. They're just waiting for the okay. Can you find them online? Yep. You can check their menus and events out at McGregorColumbiaClub.com or check them out on the Facebook. And what is going on, all you beauts and beauties out there? It is episode number 54 of Hat Trick Hockey, which is always brought to you by our good friends over at GL Heritage, the official beer of Hat Trick Hockey. If you like my shirt here, crushing blonde shirt, if you like that, you can just go to any one of our posts, click on our links there, bring you right into our merch store for all your sweet HGH merch from all our friends over at Laser Art. This being episode 54, it's the David Jones edition of Hat Trick Hockey. He played nine years in the league. He played 462 games, 104 goals, 87 assists, 191 points. He played through those nine years. He was with Colorado, Calgary, and Minnesota. Rob, what's up, man? What's going on? How was your weekend? Oh, it was good. But one, one more notable, he also played with the Monkees. Now that's dating myself. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's up? Not much. Uh, busy weekend with Jack's birthday. Uh, mm-hmm. Like if we weren't doing this podcast right now, I, I'd be in bed <laughs> sleeping. That's where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We asked. Jack's birthday yesterday. That was a good time. We all got to sit around, shoot the shit a little bit. Um, oh, I had ball over the weekend. It was the first time I played in like what a couple years now. <sighs> I'm telling you, How's man. That feel, old man. I'm walking like I got a stick up my ass right now. That's what it is. Like, I'm my legs are killing me, my hips are killing me, my knees are killing me. So, <laughs> so the boys are sure so, baseball you were playing, yeah. <laughs> so, we didn't, we started off great. We started off our first game, we won 16 4. Oh, by the way, for this, shout out to the Angels, by the way. So so we play first game, 16-4 win. Next game we go and we lose 7-6. So I'm like, shit. So it was like, then the next game we come up and this team, they were just smashing gaps on us. So it's kind of hard to defend that when all they're doing is hitting holes. But then, so it turned out I was, so I ended up coming home Saturday night. So I come home and then I was, wake up Sunday morning. I'm like, there's no way. So I had to call Nate there from the hounds there from the booze hounds. I was like, I I don't think I can go today. 
So he's like, okay, da, 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 they had enough guys or whatever. And the next thing you know, I get a call like an hour later where like one guy got hurt, one guy had to go or something. And the next thing you know, they were down to like nine players. So I had to go play the second game after that. And, and after that, that was just, yeah, I was just beat up after that. I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm very sore. Nothing I can't handle, I guess, but we'll take care of it, I guess. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I gave that sport up. What's that? But I gave that sport up. I'm I know I'm uh, I'm on the verge. So before we're actually gonna go with this whole episode here, Rob, we're gonna talk expansion draft because it's gonna be actually it will be the day that this drops. This episode here drops. So, but before we get into that, uh, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at the McGregor Colombian Club. They are back on with the boys for another year. They were one of our first sponsors too, by the way. So big shout out to them. Guys, stop there. They got an outdoor like freaking patio set up there. You can have a beer, some food. They got daily food specials. You can order online. They got cornhole leagues. They got everything. You can stop in there anytime, have a nice cold beer and some food. So check out that spot right there as well. We love those guys over there. They do have great food. I love their food. Yeah. And their their po- their poutine, I think, is better than any around. Yeah, it's unreal, the food there. And Evan's a total beauty, so. Yeah. Yeah, we hit up there all the time. We definitely frequent there. So that being said, Rob, let's just let's just get right into it. I figure we'll just kind of run down teams. We'll take some like notable names and uh we'll see kind of who you think would go now. Each team does get one or has to give up one guy. Well, let's so, go in alphabetical order too. Yeah, so. that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna run down the whole league here and we're gonna do all the like notable guys. So we'll start with the Anaheim Ducks. Um, they have like David Backus, Ryan Getzlav, Henrik. Um the list is so long. They got that Hayden Flurry everybody's talking about. Kevin Shattenkirk is available. Ryan Miller is available, but I believe he's retiring. Like, who do you think of, of, of those guys? Like if it had to be one of those guys, like the list is seriously, it's huge. I'm just pulling out the guys that we know, the guys that we kind of know around the league. Um, If I had to choose out of, out of those guys, like it depends on, are you trying to go leadership? Are you trying to go, are you trying to go D are you trying like, I don't know. But I could see a guy like David Backus, I would think. Kind of an older guy, leadership, he's gritty. Um, but actually, I'm going to change that. I'm going to go Adam Henrique. Adam Henrique would be my pick to go to Seattle. What That's about you? Pick. Uh, I, th- I think maybe Shattenkirk. Yeah, that would be a good pick too. It would be a nice start on D. But I don't know. He might come with a heavy contract, though. I'm not sure on his deal. We like we, listen. We're not going to have the time to look to look these up. Okay, no. like we're 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 literally we're running the whole league right now. So, but yeah, shot and Kirk. That would be that would definitely be a good pick there, Rob. Um, or 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 uh, what's his name? Vol Volkov. Oh yeah. Uh. And he's 23 years old, and he's only making uh, like he could be your bottom six forwards. Yeah, and he's only he's making under a million dollars, like nine uh, nine twenty five. Yeah, so yeah, that would be a wise pick too, right? He's cheap, he's young. Yeah, uh, he's only 23 years old. So, so you're I, going I with Volkov. 
I, I, no, I go with Shattenkirk. I, I just think uh, you you need some uh, mm-hmm. you, you you need some um, uh, veterans on mm-hmm. a team, right? I agree. So we'll slide over to the Arizona Coyotes. There's like, let me see. Uh, they got Christian Fisher's available. Um, Andrew Ladd just went somewhere, didn't he? I could have sworn he just got dealt somewhere. He's off somewhere, I believe. But that they got that Ronta's available if they wanted a goalie. They got uh, I'm trying to think here. They don't Blake Spears. I don't know a lot of the guys from Arizona. They were very young, right? Braden Burke, Michael yeah. Bunting. Uh, if I had to choose from that, they got Goligoski's in there too, though. I'm going to go with him on D. Alex, that's who I'm going to go with. So if you had to pick or choose from Arizona, who who are you going with? Uh, I Christian Fisher, fit fish Fisher. Yeah, yeah, fit Christian Fisher. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, I think uh, he's only a two million dollar player. So, mm-hmm. oh, you got the cap hits and everything over there, right? Eh? Uh, I, yeah, I kind of see him as as they're coming up. Uh, cool. That's perfect, though. This is one I was I was kind of really intrigued on when I seen the list was Boston. Cause they have a lot of players exposed. Like they let's face it, they're really good, right? But they have like uh they have Hall, Krejci, Lazar, Richie, Wagner, freaking Miller, uh Halak, Rosk. Like they're all freaking available. Like those are the big the big guns on the list there. Do you like is this where you kind of splurge and like do you go like Krejci or something like that or someone or or a Hall just to add that scoring touch? But Hall, if I had to choose of those two, I'm going Krejci just for the leadership and his scoring. But I would say he would be. I, a nice I like uh, Ricci. I I would take Ricci. Oh yeah, that's that's Nick, who I like. Nick, so. Nick Ritchie. Yeah, that's who you're going with. He yeah, he's a good player Richie, too, Richie. man. I I could see that too. But like, see, I I don't know, like Taylor Hall, like, I, like the way the way we're hearing things, like he's he's kind of a head case. Like he's been through way too many teams, you know, like. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I would I would uh, risk taking him. I I really don't know. <laughs> but uh, like Krejci, uh Krejci would be a nice piece. Yeah, like there's there's some they they, they had to you know they have a lot some. exposed. And uh, what what is it? what do I got here? Uh, so Taylor Hall's a UFA. Um, Krejci is making, or sorry, nope, also a UFA. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. I'm just going with the list of the guys that are available for the draft. That's the what yeah. I have here. I'm just kind of pulling out our like notables. But uh, these are these are all guys that are that are available for the draft. Yes, they can be picked. Right. Every single yeah, it's nuts, man. Some of the guys that are available is like insane so who who so you're going like richie right yeah okay, let's yeah. let's let's go over to buffalo there's like cody eakin did you uh, say buffalo 
Bafflo. Bafflo. Yeah. Cody Eakin, Kyle Poso, Jeff Skinner. I don't know if anybody's going to take on Skinner. That's a pretty heavy contract for um, – they got like matter. It is done shit. But, hey, remember, uh, when Scotty Gomez went through his slump, right? Like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scotty's is probably worse. Scotty, I don't know, man. That guy, I can't can't believe the shit he went through, man. It was nuts. But I don't know, man. Buffalo, that's iffy. They got like Riley Shahan too. I thought they would almost lock him down for a like leadership aspect of it, considering where he's played, right? So for the Buffalo, like like I said, the guys Eakin, Kyle, oh, oh fuck, I got a Poso free. Everybody, Shahan, Skinner. I think Riley Shahan would be a nice one over there. What do you? Yeah, I, I agree. But uh, me, I, I'm gonna go with uh, Cody Eakin. Yeah, that's a good pick too. But like, so so let me ask you this: so if you pick like. Fucking twenty players with uh, that are unrestricted free agents. You you have to negotiate all these contracts, no? I would think so. Yeah. Because yeah, like so. And what if what if he doesn't? If they don't agree, then you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They I just don't know, go man. fucking. They're gone. Now you have mm-hmm. what uh, an open spot. Now you have to fill that spot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you're you're better off in my opinion, like grabbing somebody that's under contract that. Oh, I know, dude. It's yeah. But then you got to look into how many deals and all everything. It's all mess. Glad we're not doing it. <laughs> Let's put it yeah. that way. So move on to the flames. They got like Lucic, Nordstrom, Phillips, Ronaldo, Brett Ritchie. Um, who's Mark Giordano. He's available as well. Michael Stone. Ooh, I'm trying to think who would go there. I think Luch would Gio be a Danner's nice. Gio a big contract ace. Yeah, he is. But I think be, so, too. I, that's would, who I would be take. A nice that's piece. who I would take. Yeah, he would be a nice piece, but I would say Luch each for the grit, for the like leadership aspect of it. He's done it all. I think he would be okay. a nice fit there. That being said, like I like I agree with you, but now that I look at at, at his salary, like – it's 5.2 million or 5.25 million. Ooh, yeah. You know, that's that's a heavy contract when, when you could get Giordano for 6.75. Yeah. Who would you rather have, right? I, I get yeah. the grit, but for that price, you know, Lucic is getting up to his career where I think he's like Simmons kind of money. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Maybe, maybe a million, two, whatever, because mm-hmm. he can put the puck in the net, but he hasn't really been the Lucic of old, uh, yeah. like the Boston Bruins Lucic, or you know what I mean? I, I think it's coming. Mm. I think it's come closer to an end, and, and you've got to, you know, say, I don't know, uh, yeah, to take renegotiate your contract and we take you. Like, but but you know, like a guy like Lucic, he's playing with Calgary. He's mm. getting five point seven five million next year. Yeah, you're taking that five point seven five million. Oh yeah, of course, right? So, so me, 
me myself, I would look at uh, um, I'm 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 gonna go with uh, Giordano. Yeah, I like him. The veteran defenseman. Yep, yep. Yeah, you need solid. one. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. And you know what? He's a he's a hammer. You know, yeah. and everybody else's nails when it comes right down to the game. So, mm-hmm. well, I like that one. We'll move on to Carolina. Carolina's got some names too. They got like Martin Hook, Niederreiter, uh, Cedric Pocket, Drew Shore, Jake Gardner, Dougie Hamilton. Uh, they got like Marazic, Reimer. They're all their goal. They have five goalies on the list. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I could see like Martin Hook. I could see him going. He'd be a nice piece for them. It's a nice forward. Uh, Jordan. Yeah. He's yeah. the one that does that. Oh, I missed a Svechnikov. It's like, that's him. Oh, fuck. That yeah. drives me crazy. Yeah, that's him. Uh, if, if you could sign Dougie Hamilton to a nice contract. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, know I, think, I don't think Hamilton signed anywhere yet, has he? I don't think no. he has. No, he's a, he's a free agent. Unrestric, unrestricted free agent, too. Okay. But you know, you also have to start looking at goalies, uh, starters, backups. Well, I don't think James Reimer's a bad one. He, uh, I think he played well for Carolina, but this just actually just came out before we came on the air that they signed that guy from Florida there, that uh, Drieger or like whatever, oh, yeah. the goalie. Yeah, yeah. They, they yeah. did sign him, it's official. He signed like oh, a three, really? Because I he signed thought they were like. Deal. Yeah, I, I saw that they were looking at it, but I didn't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. good for them. They got their they got their goalie. No, mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about goalies. No, that but could he be a backup? Uh he's unrestricted, so yeah, like fuck, you get to go live in Seattle where mm-hmm. it's raining all the time. It's not snowing, <laughs> but Carolina's a nice area. Nice area. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I'm I don't know. Did you make your uh, thing yet here from Carolina? Make your pick. Um, Even that Jacob Slavin guy on D2 would be a nice piece in Seattle. I, I don't know. I, I like Jake Gardner. Too, so. Protected, actually, Slavin. But I'm just saying he'd be a nice piece. And who, Rob? I, I like Jake Gardner. Yeah. But... Okay, we'll go. Um, no, but in all honesty, I, I would go with Dougie Hamilton and try and figure it out. Yeah, you could do that. You know, you you, you could have a captain there. Who mm. knows, right? Yeah, true. But we're going to get to that in, in another team or two because there's a huge guy that's available that I think will be going there. Um, is he from Colorado? Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think we've already – they got to pick 9D, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So – We'll go to Chicago. Chicago, you know what? They got like 
They got that Adam Godet is available. Brandon. You just like his Fury, name. Zach Fuck Smith. You. Nikita Zadorov. Malcolm Subban. But honestly, on every mock draft that I've seen, it's always Godet going to Seattle. Hmm. So, and honestly, he would be a nice pick. He's probably, he's cheap. He's young. He still has lots of life in him and everything. I'm I'm going him. Adam Goddard will be my pick for the go from the Blackhawks over to the Kraken. That's mine. Hmm. Okay, I will <laughs> take and raise you one Ryan Carpenter. Yeah, that's not bad. So. This is where I was saying about the potential captain mm-hmm. because Colorado has like Gabe Landeskog is available. Okay. But the way it sounds, he's going to be done there. I'm going with the first big move that the Seattle Kraken make, and it's going to be Gabriel Landeskog, potential captain. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that right off the hop. He's going to be the first first big splurge. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But they're going to pay large for him. Yeah. But you never right. know. Maybe he takes a little bit of a discount to go there for the try to get shit going right away. You never know. Yeah, because NHL players are so selfless right now. Yeah, they like, just want to win. Wish- they just want to win. Who doesn't want to Who? win a cup, right? Well, I don't think Austin Matthews wants to win a cup or he'd have done a lot better. Fucking whatever. So, I'm just going. Who do you got going there from uh, Colorado? You Are you going with me and Gabe Landeskog? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Beauty. That's the best pick out there, I think. Oh, yeah. Now, Columbus Blue Jackets. They got Max like, Domi. Max, you're going Max Domi? I don't think it's going to be Nomi. I don't think it's going to be him. I could see it being like a Delzato playing D. I, I'm going with him. Mike Delzato. That's my pick going over from Columbus. Okay. D man. Dallas Stars. They have like Blake Como is available. Uh, trying to think. I don't know. I haven't even heard of half of these guys. They're another you Ben Bishop. Their names. Ben Frickin' Bishop is available, too. Sammy Vatanen is available, too. That'd be a nice piece on D for sure there. I'm going Vatanen on D. I can't even say this guy's name. Ole Keskis guy. O-L-E-K-S-I-A-K. Yeah, I'm not even going to attempt that. Yeah, I'm going to go with that guy. I'm going to go with that guy. I butcher names as it is. Yeah. Um. All right, my Red Wings. So some of the names that are available: Valtteri Filppula, Sam Gagne, Glenn Denning, Helm, Nemestikov, Franz Nielsen, Bobby Ryan is available. Svechnikov. Um. I think it's going to be as much as I don't want to say it. I think it's going to be Stature. That's going to go from the Red Wings playing D. So I'm going, I'm going with this one, and I hate to say it, Troy Stature. 
Same. Same thing, eh? Yep. Edmonton. He's got he's the best bang for your buck. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. Now, Edmonton, who do you think? Edmonton has, like, there's some big names on that list, too. They got, like, Tyler Ennis, Alex Chase on. Um, James Neal's on there as well. Uh, Shore, Kyle Turris, Clef Baum, Adam Larson, Chris Russell, Mike Smith as a goaltender. Oh, fuck, this one's tough, man. This one's real tough. But I'm going to go with that Dominic Cahoon. He's a little bit of an edgy player. He's a scrapper. He's a, and, I, and I like him. I like his game, and I think he'd be a nice fit there. So that's who I'm going with. Who do you think? Well, I honestly think Ben Bishop is too much money. Um, I like uh, Blake Como. Really, eh? What yep. team are you looking right now? Oh, sorry. Were we on Dallas? No, we're in Edmonton, bro. We've already went through the Red Wings. <laughs> Where was I looking? Oh, there it is. Yeah, I was. I was looking at something else. You didn't. Uh, scroll, sorry, didn't scroll down. <laughs> Riley Barber. Oh, okay. <laughs> From Edmonton? No. Rob Dash I'm so 2. So far out of it right now. You're, you're fucking Dash 2 right now. Remember when I said I wanted to go to bed? <laughs> when I said dash I wanted to go to bed? Dash uh, 2. Yeah, definitely, definitely Dash 2. Um, fuck. Uh, Tyson Berry. I was I was literally just looking at his name on the list too. Yeah, that'd definitely be a good pick. That's what I would take. Florida. Achari's available. Um, one Mark Carlson Cross Radko Gudis is available. Um, Brandon Montour is available. Gudis, I would take Gudis in a heartbeat. Yeah. But I got 25 fucking defensemen now on the Kraken. But would signing Dreger be kind of the Florida pick already? So would our Florida pick be kind of void? Well, if it is, it is, right? Yeah. I think Gudis would be So good everybody there. else is safe. Mm, I think Rod, Rod, Rodko Gudis, Gudis would be good there. Yeah. Um, 2.5 million. Toronto should fucking get it. Jesus fuck. Okay, so Sorry, we're... Dom, about the swearing again. I'm really <laughs> working on it. It's only, there's only like three bombs I dropped today. <laughs> we'll move on to L.A. So they got like Athanasiu, Martin Furk, Brendan Lemieux, um, Austin Wagner, Olimata, just guys like Jonathan Quick is also available. Ooh, those guys. I'm going Brendan Lemieux. Gritty, younger, and I love him. He's a beauty, so I'm going him. What do you hmm. think? Um, I do like Brendan Lemieux. I do. <laughs> you I, like him too, eh? In all honesty, like, yeah, I, I, I like, I like his game. Mm -hmm. Oh, 
Yeah. All right. So you're going Brandon Lemieux. So we'll move on to Minnesota. We'll do a few more, few more squads here, and then we'll flip over to uh, to our interview here that you guys will absolutely love, by the way. So, but we'll keep going. A couple more teams here. So we'll go Minnesota Wild, Nick Bukestad, uh, like Luke Johnson, Victor Rask. I'm, I don't even recognize a lot of guys on that list, to be honest with you. But I I'm going Nick Bukestad. That's who I'm going there. Um, fucking phone is buffering. It's great. Um, what 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 team are we on there? Minnesota. Dash three. Yeah. Minnesota. Rob is fucking out of it today. <laughs> um. Hmm. Uh, Sosie, what's his name? Susie, Susie, yeah, S O U Carson Susie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pencil him in. All right, yeah. So this is the team that I was kind of us waiting for. Montreal. It's like Paul Byron, Philip Deneau. Corey Perry, Stahl. Um, the big one here is Carey Price. So do you think, and Carey Price is the big story right now, but here's the thing. He waived his no move, so this is how now he's now available. Right, so, so did he waive his no, no move and then they found out uh, about the injury? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what order it went, but or did he know about it, it and then said, oh, I'm, I don't know. But when it comes to the injury, rumor has it that the Seattle Kraken owners have told hockey ops that they have the one they can, they have the green light to draft carry price. If they see fit, regardless of the injuries. So, well, they got to grab. They got to get three goalies. Mm -hmm. So, and Price is—they're thinking he's probably going to have to have surgery on a knee and possibly a hip. So, whether how severe the injuries are or how bad the surgery is that he has to get, but if you're Seattle, do you take him? Because he's kind of on the back nine of his career. He's still very good. Don't get me wrong. A knee and a hip is going to be hard to come back from. But he also comes with a massive cap hit. Yep. He's like 10, but 11 million bucks. So can they, can they, if they pick him, if they say, listen, we'll take him off your hands, Ari, mm -hmm. or we can leave you with him. You know what I mean? And if he comes back, he comes back. But instead, we're going to take half the salary. And we're gonna go from there. And come come playoff time, they could get a first round pick with them. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you could trade them. Mm -hmm. I can see him. The, I can see, just actually see him playing there. I could see them just taking him and paying five million. Fucking what? Six and, million? How many? And how much just is have he making. He's making like ten or eleven. He's 
he was guaranteed next year. He's got five years or something like that left on his contract. That's why maybe if you could get Montreal to retain a little bit of a salary as well, then you wouldn't get him. You wouldn't. He's only thirty-two years old, too, right? So I, I would personally, Carey Price is going to be my pick to go from the Montreal Canadiens. I'm sorry, Habs fans, but I think he's going. He's gone. I think he's going back. He's not going to be far from where he lived. I think it's only a couple hours from his home and stuff like that. So it all makes sense. So okay. uh, I'm going to take uh in. You're going drew in. That's a good pick yep. too, man. So what we'll do now actually is we'll flop over to our interview and we'll kind of uh, pick up. We'll start in like Nashville here on the back half. So we'll okay. do that guys. We have Eddie Mio on with us today and the stories that this man told us like well, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time we talked to Eddie so and he name drops a bunch of people man so you guys enjoy I, I'm just gonna we're just gonna go to it <laughs> this is Wayne Gretzky's best man yes so that's how close we are to yes. greatness and Eddie Mio is one of the best that we've had on our show. Yes, it was. He's his interview had me on the edge of my seat the whole time. So, and he has played with the greats. So you're going to hear all about that. So enjoy. Here he is, Eddie Mio. Roll it. Delta. Ladies and gentlemen, this next man on with us is a absolute legend in these parts. He's played college hockey chl ahl nhl he's played for the oilers rangers red wings eddie mio welcome to the show well glad to be here how are you doing uh i'm doing good just uh, coming off the fourth of july celebration and uh trying to recover <laughs> so it was a good time then i was in putting bay oh so. For all those that don't know Putin Bay, and I'm sure most Canadians know it because it's easy to get there from Leamington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's a pretty nice uh, island. Oh yeah, oh, what a celebration you'd be able to have there! How so many days did you spend there? Uh, four. Oh, beauty! He had a good time. <laughs> there were, right, there were good fireworks. <laughs> We'll hop right into her here. So you're originally, you're a Windsor boy, right? Born and raised right off Erie Street. Right off Erie Street. So you obviously grew up um, playing hockey there in, in like Windsor, right? Uh, started uh, right in Lansbury Park at uh, nine, uh, about eight years old, nine years old. Wow. Yeah, it was a that little was my late. First, that was my first game too, Eddie. In Lansbury Park. <laughs> was no it? roof, no nothing. No just roof, nothing. Just get out there. Yeah. And there was a lot of good times. Played with some good kids back then. And uh, we uh, kind of remained friends. And you know what? Uh, I think a lot of people don't understand about the earlier days when kids would walk to an arena. I, I walked from Lillian Street to Lansbury Park with, well, that's the reason I became a goaltender. I didn't have equipment, but the Parks and Recreation provided equipment. And I just wanted to play hockey that bad. Oh. But uh, uh, they don't realize how, how far we would go just to play, uh, to play hockey. Now it's all indoor, 
nice arenas and stuff like that. No mm-hmm. outdoor rinks. We miss those days. At least I do. Mm-hmm. I think back, everybody back should have to start. on them, you know, all that stuff, right? All the lazy parts of uh, hockey now. Uh, yeah, right. I don't <laughs> want to go into that, but yes, it's it's a it's an easier game for kids to play now, especially yeah. with the parents around. And uh, but uh, it's still a great game, and there's a lot of kids playing it. And as we've noticed, the game has been evolving mm-hmm. with so much skill and and speed. It's it's great to see. Mm-hmm. yeah see. for sure mm-hmm. now not only that you were you were quite the legend as a baseball player too in the windsor area uh i enjoyed baseball while other guys were golfing i'm a terrible golfer now which <laughs> i'm doing a lot more than playing baseball but uh back then yeah it uh it was just a great sport it came it it, it was more hand in hand with hockey you finished the season, you went right into baseball. And, uh, you know, a lot of good years. I mean, we got to go to the Little League World Series in Williamsport in 1967. Mm-hmm. Uh, we represented Canada from a team uh, right from uh, Windsor. We were uh, a combination of uh, Barons and Tigers, believe it or not. Wow. In, uh, in the Little League, uh, uh, league that we had here, it was six teams. We had a lot of good ball players back in the in the late sixties, early seventies. Really mm. good ball players in Windsor. I know Rob was he was like he played in the Little League World Series. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, I didn't realize. See, multi sport athlete Eddie. Yeah. yeah, and he also played in uh, in a, in another championship in the with the uh, Micmac uh, Seniors or something, right? We won the Canadian, yeah, and then we uh, we played in the uh, Summer Olympics Olympics in BC. No way. Well, that's awesome. Didn't win, didn't win that one, but uh, we came close. We were in the finals. Like I said, back then, and, and I think Windsor's starting to get back into the baseball. We've had a couple guys make it to the pros. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had good baseball in Windsor. Now, whether it was the influence of, uh, of uh, being close to Detroit, uh, and we got to see it as, as more than any other Canadians, really. Mm-hmm. And a guy by the name of Reno Batoria, if you guys remember that, he was my history teacher at Assumption High School, but he played for the Tigers. He was a Tiger Scout, taught a lot of young kids, uh, Father Cullen. There was a lot of good, uh, I would just say, coaches that enjoyed the game and taught the kids at a young age. It's, uh, it was a great sport here. Now, I've been a little bit away from uh, the sport uh, in Windsor, and I'm, I'm hoping it's still that prevalent, especially with Micmac Park and all that. It's uh, it, it, back, Like I said, back then, there was some Johnny Upheim. He played for the Cubs. Yeah, we had yeah. a lot of Canadians that uh, that came out of Windsor as mm-hmm. good ballplayers. The funniest part is I know, um, I know like a lot of those guys you said, because I played actually there in freaking Windsor. I played uh, AAA for like six years there in Windsor. And so I ran into father Cullen and like Johnny up him, like all those guys. So I was literally worked with all those guys. So it's kind of funny that you say that. Yeah. Well, they, they really, you know, that they, they took a big interest in the kids and teaching them the game uh, mm-hmm. uh, beyond what I think any other Canadian would have got any other province. Mm-hmm. I mean, Windsor was blessed to mm-hmm. have those guys. 
Well, I, I have to uh, say uh, a hello to you from uh, Bob Murray. He oh, said you were the greatest athlete to come out of Windsor. You know, I, I, I need to thank him because all of a sudden my brother sent me this, this clip that he said, uh, and it was very flattering. And I need, uh, as soon as I can get across the board, with, which will be soon, I am going to find Bobby and, uh, and give him uh, and buy him a few beers. <laughs> yeah yeah he yeah. he said i just love the guy to death he's he's such a great guy and he sent me like i bet you 30 pictures of like you and gretzky getting on the plane when you were traded out of uh the wha uh like he the guy's just amazing this the knowledge he has of hockey and people that play the game or especially from around here he's just uh hands down by far the best when it comes yeah, to yeah you know uh, I saw that uh, when he, he posted that. I had the picture, but I was trying to figure out where the heck he got that. <laughs> and uh, he posts a lot of good things. And, uh, you know, I'm not a big Facebook uh, guy, but uh, when Bob posts some things, it's really interesting. There's another guy out there, Rory, Rory Hockey, I think. And these guys, I don't know how they do it, but they come up with every day there's something new on there. And, yeah. uh, but for Bob to... Uh, to post that tribute that that's that that was very kind now i don't consider myself the best athlete come out of there because we had a lot of good athletes coming out of there and uh windsor was a great base and uh yeah i'm proud to be like i said proud to be from windsor uh got some great friends still uh i was going over there three times a week uh to Vito's, which is a very good friend of mine Great, great bar, great restaurant. Great Isn't restaurant. it though? Isn't yeah. it? And uh, he's done such a great job for the community there. And I just hope that uh, at least the, in, in Canada, we get back to a normal life. We're, we're pretty good here in Michigan right now. We're back. But uh, Canadians, unfortunately, like, like Anthony said, we, that's another discussion. But, uh, <laughs> Because I could go on for more than an hour. With that. <laughs> hey, you got to cook steaks for your boy. <laughs> right, well, the only thing I will say is the Ontario uh, provincial government ruined a lot of kids. Okay. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, and I'm in the agent business now. And I had two kids that are going into this year's draft, NHL draft, that needed to play, needed to play to get seen. Because it was their draft year. It was their first year in the OHL. Not only that, we're looking at Quebec government, which is just as bad, I guess. And the only thing I can think of is that they allow 3,500 people in the building, but yet there's over 20,000 outside shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. No, I, just don't, I don't get it. Okay. Doesn't I just make don't sense. get it. We, so, we talked about it on the show, like uh, in our intro, intro outro for this week about it's just ridiculous. You can only allow that many people in there and, and you have 50,000 people, like you said, shoulder to shoulder, yeah. no masks. And, and there's no police, you know, separating the, the, yeah. the people. But again, we won't get into that because obviously you talk, but I mean, that's a joke over here in, in, in the States that they mm -hmm. can see that many people out there. And yet you won't allow some uh, the fans. It's been 28 years since they got to the finals yeah. or even won the cup. Okay. Right. And the point is everybody should be celebrating that. That is something that we come out of this pandemic and something to celebrate. Mm -hmm. I just don't get it.
But anyway, I, I agree. Let's talk with you. some hockey. <laughs> I was gonna say I agree with you 100 percent on that though. 100 <laughs> percent So I know you said like like the freaking they had all the all the like freaking goalie gear and stuff for you there, but so did you kind of always want to be a goalie or was that just kind of always just something that they had there just so you could play, like you said, type deal, or did it just kind of like, did it grow on you or? He didn't have to carry his equipment to the arena. <laughs> well, that too. Well, the point was, remember uh, hockey night in Canada, CBC, and uh, I used to pull up in front of the TV, peel my peanuts, make sure I had everything ready, sit in front of the TV. And there was a, a young man by the name of Johnny Bauer. God bless his soul. He's passed. Mm -hmm. Just watching him every Saturday night made me want to be a goaltender. Uh, then it came up with Glenn Hall. Okay. So watching these guys, and I think the real thing was, they played the whole game. Everybody else had to come off, right? Yeah. And goaltenders played the whole game. It wasn't until I got competitive that I realized, what the heck did I do? All the <laughs> pressure is on a goalie. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just became that, hey, I was here. I loved it. Even playing street, street hockey, I'd be the goaltender. Mm -hmm. um, I just don't. It's just something inside. Uh, hey, I was a catcher. I guess I like things thrown at me. Yeah, I don't, I, I, at you. yeah, you know. But uh, <laughs> but in our street hockey teams, uh, we play the other blocks in the old days. You don't see a lot of that anymore. But we make our makeshift nets, and I put pillows around my my legs and uh, played net. So the good I guess, old days. Yeah, I, it, it didn't matter if they. Well, I came from parents that worked very very hard to give me everything. We, I, they finally bought me a pair of pads for 10 bucks and they were used because they were hardworking immigrants. They mm -hmm. just got off from Italy and uh, they gave me everything I needed to go out. So when I say that parks, yeah, it had something to do with it, but the love of being a goaltender came from street hockey and watching Johnny Bauer and Glenn Hall, all the greats back then in the sixties. Love it. Now, now you also played uh, high school for assumption purple raiders right exactly i didn't even know like what what year would that have been well we're going way back now <laughs> <laughs> well probably would have been the uh the fall of 67 i started in grade nine uh i graduated in uh yeah i graduated in 70s uh seven, and went to grade 13 but i played for the spin in my 13th year which father cullen didn't like that when we just got the team after 18 years of absence, but we were tier two. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I got to college in 71. So yeah, 67, the fall of 67, right after I came back from uh, little league world series. Mm -hmm. So now in 71, 72, how, how do you end up playing for the, I think it was 71, 72 that you end up playing for the Spitfires. Oh, well, they, they've, uh, they were coming back, like I said, after the, the long layoff, 18 years. And obviously, they're going to need some local flavor, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, they had a tryout just for local kids before they brought in everybody else. And I think at the time, we were Oshawa General's farm team. Oh. So they had a lot of guys coming down from there that weren't going to play in Oshawa. 
Brian Thorne. Uh, oh God, goes way back, but Laura uh, Ribble. Uh, I, I'm having a tough time remembering all those names, mm -hmm. but uh, so before they came down, they had a local tryout. So all the kids from high school, um, uh, midget teams, uh, we all came in there and me and I think Nick Natashak, Tommy Lazar, uh, two other kids made the cut from the Windsor guys. And we, now we came into the big, big training camp where all the kids from all over uh, Bowmanville. Uh, we had a kid from there, Sarnia. Anyways, then became the camp and I came out of it, uh, you know, and I think they'd still needed some local talent and uh, because I was the goaltender and I think I was the only guy to really make it from Windsor. Nick Natashak was called up once in a while. He was in junior B uh, and that's how that came about. We just wanted to play junior hockey. Mm -hmm. and tried out i guess i got lucky <laughs> what was the camps like back then like you, the camps were probably like fighting carrying oh, yeah. like it was probably nuts back then right it was all it was two a days fighting uh it was good hockey though i mean it was it was just our game everybody's mm -hmm. fighting for a spot mm -hmm. uh i didn't have to fight i was with uh there was about eight goaltenders and we ended up with an overage named Brian Rose. So me and him, I didn't play a lot of games. Obviously, Brian was the uh, the uh, the veteran, mm -hmm. and he had played three years in Oshawa. Just didn't cut it as an overage. But uh, the camps were hard. Um, again, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I remember watching uh, senior A hockey, and I, I thought that's what it was all about. Uh, Junior B never really came down, Chatham and all that. I mean, junior, junior A tier two, mm -hmm. but the camps were hard. Uh, but anything's hard. You just got to go after it, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's just a numbers game, and you got to hope that you're one of the few that are left after all the cuts. Mm -hmm. Well, like you were saying, you definitely have to have um, some local guys there to bring the local fans to the exactly. game, right? So. Yeah, you know, and I, I imagine you had a pretty good following there from Erie Street. I heard you were a legend on that street. I was a terrible pool player, though. <laughs> um, yeah, we were we were okay, but back then, I mean, who knows? At 16 years old, we just hung around the pool hall, Erie Street, the little cafes. Um, but yeah, uh, I know that when I came back to Erie Street, it was okay. Uh, I was a big man on campus at Assumption because it was the first year that we allowed girls to come in. St. Mary's closed down in oh, Windsor and uh, Assumption took them on. So, you know, hey, the only only person I wasn't popular was with Father Cullen because he hated that I didn't come back for my 13th year. <laughs> but uh, but it all turned out in a good way and ended up getting a scholarship from that. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas maybe playing assumption, a lot of colleges didn't come to see our high school hockey, even though it was great. Mm -hmm. Um, Gordon McDonald, I think, and Pat Boutet were in Mich Minnesota Duluth. Um, but it wasn't really, and even though it was a hotbed of hockey back then, colleges really didn't, uh, come around. It was two men that really helped the Windsor guys get to the WCHA, which was the best league. 
back then in the 70s and uh, well actually late 60s and 70s WSH WCHA included Michigan Michigan State Notre Dame Michigan Tech Minnesota Duluth Minnesota North Dakota Colorado College and Denver wow that was a damn good league and yeah. uh if, if it wasn't for the two men and Mito Martinello and uh, Sam Cisco, they were referees in the WCHA for a lot of time, uh, for many years. And they always told the coaches, come to Windsor. And that's how I think Pat Boutet, Gordon McDonald, uh, Rick Hines, uh, and there's probably a few more. And that's how Ricky Martinello, who was Mito's nephew, got to Notre Dame. And I went to Colorado College. Mm-hmm. So those two men were responsible for getting those colleges or otherwise they go to Toronto, uh, uh, basically Toronto, you know, yeah. and that's where everybody recruited. And obviously Minnesota was a good hotbed back then too. Mm-hmm. So I was going to say, cause you spent four years at uh, Colorado college, right? Yep. Yeah. So how, how like was it there over those years? Well, um, one of the reasons I, I was committed to Ohio State uh, uh, from a, a, a goaltender, Bill McKenzie, who ended up in the Red Wing organization. He recruited me. He was a senior. They were looking for a goaltender to come in. And they, they I mean, they recruited right. They, they brought me down there during sorority rush oh. and seeing all the girls, right? So <laughs> at Ohio State. Kind of said, well, I want to play here. But <laughs> I, I left Ohio State after committing and uh, going to Colorado College only because, again, they, uh, as a freshman, not a lot of freshman goldies played back then. They, they did hardly even dressed. And they promised me that I would get my opportunity and probably be a starter. Uh, so I took Colorado College, almost left after my sophomore year. I was drafted by Chicago. Uh, went to camp in Guelph for the Dallas Cowboy, uh, Dallas uh, Blackhawks, who was Chicago's farm team. And I didn't play any exhibition games, and they were getting ready to, uh, to start their exhibition season. And back then, you would become ineligible to go back to college if you played in a professional game. Mm. So I told them I was leaving. They said, well, what if we offer you a contract? I said, well... I'll think about it. Contract was, you know, just a, it wasn't much. Uh, so I decided to go back and, and spend my junior year. And I became all American my junior year. And then I thought, you know what, if I stay my senior and have another good year, hopefully my bargaining power goes up. And I did. And I became a two-time all American. Um, a few goaltenders only at, at that time, when I became, it was only Dryden and Esposito that were two-time All-Americans. Wow. And I joined that group. I'm sure there's many more now. But uh, so by me going back and spending the whole four years, not only did I get my degree, um, it gave me better bargaining position when I left college. Yeah. And and that the, the All-American years were 75 and 76, right? Yeah. Yeah. My last two years. Great year for music, though. too. <laughs> yeah. Great year for music, too, he says. <laughs> <laughs> well, trust me, in Colorado, we listen to a lot of those rocking out music. Uh, 
I, I got I got your picture on my phone. I'm gonna send these to Ant and have him send him. This, this is all the stuff that Bobby Quick or Bobby um, Murray sent me. I will definitely you, pass those on to him. You're gonna love these pictures <laughs> because you got the feathered hair. You got <laughs> oh, it's it's awesome. It's awesome. Hey, I I didn't have the mustache there, but in the '80s I had the best porn mustache. Okay, I seen that. I was gonna say I was like I wonder if he stopped fucking shots with that mustache. <laughs> that thing was majestic. Well, you had a beauty one in Detroit. You had a beauty one with the Oilers. Yeah. Like, I, I think Bob was just taking all the pictures of uh, you and your mustache. <laughs> hey, so, that was a different era. <laughs> yeah. So what was it like leading up to your draft? Because I know you were drafted in 74 by Chicago. So what was it like? Did you know that it was going to be them? Or was there other no. squads in the mix? Or you know, I was worried I, was, I wasn't going to get drafted. I mean, back then, remember, it was a 20-year-old draft. Uh, there was only a few teams. And uh, I thought I had a good enough year to get drafted, but you just never know. And it was all new to me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, even though the coaches just said, hey, things look good, no one, no scouts would talk to you. It wasn't like there was a lot of scouts going to college games. Okay, even back in in uh, 70, 74, even before that, there wasn't a lot of other than the old guys, Tony Esposito, John Marks, Dennis Hextall. Uh, North Dakota was a good uh, uh, was a good college to, to, to put pros in there. So was Denver. But there wasn't a lot of pros coming out of college. So you really didn't. Uh, you know, I was a little worried, but I there was no agents really back then to tell me how this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Uh, so I just winged it and, you know, waited for a phone call and hopefully I'd get that phone call. And I did get the phone call and it was Bobby Orr on the phone. Uh, he was the assistant general manager with Chicago at the time. And he called me up and uh, we keep telling that story and he, and he remembers it too. So, uh, so I didn't have any expectations, uh, other than I just prayed and hoped that I got a phone call. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Be sweating yeah. bullets waiting for that phone oh, call. Oh, <laughs> I was sweating a lot of bullets. Trust me. <laughs> you know, as a kid, you're you're thinking all your life, all you want to do is play pro. Mm -hmm. And uh, had that phone call not come and gave give me the opportunity, mm -hmm. even though I went to the WHA instead because I was drafted by Vancouver back then. Yeah. Um, it still gave me the opportunity because I was drafted. I wouldn't have known what to do. I was on my own. I didn't have an agent. So, man. Yeah. Now, actually, a few years after that, you ended up in Edmonton. Yep. Where you met a lifelong friend by the name of Wayne Gretzky. I met him before, guys. Oh, really? Where did you meet oh, him yeah. before? Indianapolis. Oh, no they way. Were two together there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So how, how was, was like Wayne when you first like met him? Cause he was obviously a standout. He was unreal. So can you kind of like fill us in on how Wayne was just then when you first met him? Well, after I played uh, a half a season in Vancouver folded, moved to Cal Calgary. So I signed with Calgary. Uh, I played like two months and then they sent me to the minors. Uh, but then I got loaned out to Birmingham and then Birmingham loaned me out to Indianapolis. 
So I had played a full year in, in Indianapolis. Wow. That summer I came home and there was this big ruckus about this kid, Indianapolis just signed. And, and uh, I, I remember the Windsor star, I think it was called me up knowing that I was, he says, and I forget who, who was the uh, writer at the time, but he says, how, how are you going to feel playing like, with Wayne Gretzky? Well, to tell you the truth, I had no clue who Wayne Gretzky was because down south in Birmingham, we didn't get hockey news. We didn't hear about juniors. Indianapolis, we didn't get the hockey news. We didn't hear about any, any kids up and coming and all that because it wasn't broadcasted down there, wasn't written about, wasn't TV shows talking about this wonder kid. So I just said, well, you better ask him how it's going to feel like playing with Eddie Neal. Cause I'm the guy that's already been there and here's a 17 year old kid, but all my friends, cause we were playing slow pitch at the time when I came home, we'd meet at the Ottawa Tavern and they all said, yeah, this kid's phenomenal. This, 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 this. I said, well, great. I guess I'll see it come August or September at training camp. And in between, because I had a house in Indianapolis, me and Peter Driscoll had a house. We would always go back early, like in August so Pat Stapleton, Whitey Stapleton was the coach and general manager. And he called us up and he said, listen, I know you guys come back. You have a house here. The kid's coming in, you know, halfway through August. He's going to bill it at a doctor's family right around the corner. Can you take care of him? You know, check in, make him feel comfortable. We said, okay. So that's how we, Wayne and I became, became close. It's ironic that when we got called into the office on a after practice that the three of us ended up being sold together, Peter Driscoll, myself and Wayne. So that's where I first got into it. But the first day Wayne stepped on the ice in Indianapolis, I kind of changed my tune that I guess I'd be playing with him. <laughs> uh, he was, he was okay. He, he had to feel his oats a little bit. The first five games in the WHA, you know, he was, but then when we got to Edmonton, he kind of just got right in it. And then you, you could tell he was going to be a good one. A yeah. Good one. yeah. Well, he, they, the, the uh, general manager there, I'll say there, right. He also, or he was a coach at the time, but they also surrounded him with some amazing players too. Right. Oh yeah. We had a good squad. Dave Semenko obviously protected him. Yeah. Uh, we had an older squad that, kind of you know how the vets would teach you you know a little bit of the ropes protect you and 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 Wayne just matured a lot in in Edmonton he really did because of the older guys his one of his good friends Ace Bailey who was also our teammate but and a good friend who who perished in one of the planes that hit the trade center uh, really took him under his wing we had cowboy Bill Flett with us, uh, Paul Schmier, who's former Toronto, since I keep seeing all these Toronto things above your head. <laughs> you, you and my brother will get along. He, he, he bleeds blue. He was devastated. But anyways, I was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I owe Derek McCarty a hundred dollars because of it. <laughs> uh, well, Mac, Mac knows. <laughs> yeah, he does know. He knows Mac some knows. stuff. But uh, doesn't know how to do a hairdo, but he knows some stuff. Well, let's, yeah, I don't think Matt. I mean, Mac doesn't really care. 
No. <laughs> Especially walking out those doors with that hairdo. I guess yeah. he doesn't give a you-know-what. Yeah. But, well, uh, yeah, yesterday we saw him. He was wearing two man buns. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. 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 we got our That's alumni tournament coming up we got our red wing alumni tournament coming up this monday oh boy so i'm sure he'll be uh he'll be fashioning it out for us oh well you gotta say to him you're too old to have a mohawk you're over 40 he'll know exactly where it came he'll from exactly 100%. where it's coming from. <laughs> i will guys 100 percent uh, so uh, eddie so after that 81 82 you end up in new york and yeah, with a guy that Ron loves by the name of, or sorry, that Rob loves by the name of Ron Duguay, oh, who had the most majestic oh. hair. Him Best. and a lot of him and a lot of women in New York. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's still nowadays just an absolute fucking stud. Oh, I know we 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 had some good times in New York. I don't know if this is X-rated or not, but uh, Ron and I hung for the two years I was there, and. I guess we hung too much because both of us got traded to Detroit uh, <laughs> together. Uh, yeah, when I got to New York, I was a little, well, some crazy man by the name of Grant Fear decides he can play hockey at 18 and stay with us. I didn't think, no one knew that Grant was going to stay as an 18-year-old. So it was me and Ronnie Lowe. And ironically, Grant and I roomed together during training camp and we got to be really good friends. And if I had to lose my job, it would be to a hall of famer like Grant Fuhr. Mm -hmm. And, That's uh, awesome. but also being traded also gave me my two best years in my career in New York. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately they found that they had to, uh, to trade me, but the real thing was, Detroit would not take Ron Duguay unless I was thrown in the deal. So, and wow. that is, that is the truth. And wow. uh, I, I keep bugging Ron. I says, if you, had you come home and stayed out of page six in the New York paper uh, post, we wouldn't be <laughs> traded. And it, had you, had you just played ball with Herb Brooks, you know, Ron was always a funny story about Ronnie was, uh, Herb had this uh, rule that for practice, you had to be in the dress room 45 minutes before practice or else you're fined. And Ronnie wrote a checkout for about $500, gave it to Herb and said, when this runs out, just tell me and I'll write you another one. <laughs> okay. So that, that did not bode well with Herb Brooks, who was a wonderful man, tough coach, but a great guy. Just a great. In the Olympics, guy. right? Yes. Well, he had just come from the Olympics and New York signed him. And I came the year, at, well, half a year after. Um, a great coach. Mm -hmm. Tough to get to know. I knew him more after the game when I was uh, an agent. And I used to see him up. He was working for Pittsburgh and we'd sit up in the, in the Windsor Arena. He used to love coming to Windsor Arena because on old building, reminded them we'd sit way up on those wooden wooden benches they called seats. Yeah. And uh, we'd just talk about hockey and about the old days. So Ronnie, Ronnie was a great guy. Well, we've got tons of stories that would take more than an hour for me to, <laughs> but I lived it 
with Ronnie in Studio 54. And Rob, oh, everything you heard about Ronnie is true. Because <laughs> I couldn't have just imagined you two man rockets walking around there, you and your feathered hair and Ronnie and his freaking beautiful afro. Holy <laughs> crap. And throw in there Barry Beck. Barry Beck was the three of us. And Ron Greshner was, there was only four of us living in Manhattan. Herb oh. didn't like guys living in the city. So the four of us, and we'd always be out until Gresh ended up dating uh, Carol out. And he was out. She wouldn't let him do anything. Uh, so the three of us, Barry and I and Dukes, we, uh, yeah, we, we had fun. Yes. We had fun right from uh, Farrah Fawcett to Cher to uh, Morgan Fairchild to Bianca Jagger. We had a lot of fun. No kidding. I had a couple people along the way, eh? Just a few <laughs> stories we can get into later. <laughs> well, I did, I did, I did all Duke's uh, front work. I did all the talking. <laughs> he got all the benefits. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So. Also, too, when you come into the Red Wings, there you met up with a young man by the name of Steve Eiserman. Yeah. So how yeah. was he like at a like younger age? Stevie was great. Quiet. He was great. You know, I have a, I have a unique distinction among hockey players. Because I don't think anybody can say they played with the three greatest 18-year-olds at the time. And that was Mark Messier and Wayne mm -hmm. and Stevie. Mm -hmm. I played with all three of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and to watch these guys after I retired get to where they are, I, I you know, I kind of have a soft spot because when they started to where they are hall of famers unbelievable and mm -hmm. i was there stevie was uh just a great kid just an awesome awesome kid and he was the reason detroit turned it around there's no doubt about it mm -hmm. you know i uh, i remember the time that i i got in some trouble with devilano the stevie and i were both hurt he was only 18 we're hurt and uh, the team was on a road trip, about, yeah, about a 10 day road trip. Mm -hmm. So I called Stevie up and said, Hey kid, let's go. We'll go to dinner. So we go to dinner. We have a nice dinner. And there was a place back then in the eighties uh, called jukebox in Royal Oak. And a friend of mine owned it, a lawyer. So I said to Stevie, I said, listen, I'm going to take you to this place. You're only 18. You can get in. I'll get you a drink, but you got to tell everybody you're drinking Coke. So we got in there and we sat in the back and I got Stevie a rum and Coke to make <laughs> it look like he was drinking Coke. Well, there was a reporter uh, running around. She was a, like a page six, nothing but gossip. Mm -hmm. So she came up to me and says, uh, Stevie, a little young to be in here, you know? And I says, well, you're allowed to come in here in 18 as long as he's not drinking. She says, well, he's drinking. I said, no, he's not. He's drinking Coke. Well, she went right around till she found one bartender or waitress that told her that he was drinking rum and Coke. And maybe they didn't tell her, but the next morning appeared that I brought Stevie underage into the jukebox and he was drinking. Well, I got a little, a little note from Jim Devolano. <laughs> what the hell are you doing taking an 18-year-old Stevie Eisman to the bar. Mm 
I said, Jet, you guys are away. All his friends are away. And I'm the only one there. What do you want me to do? Let him yeah. sit at home by himself? Yeah. You know, so that was uh, not, uh, I didn't go over too well with our general manager. Put it <laughs> but Stevie liked it. Oh, I'm sure he did. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like a, and it's a few drinks. Like, who cares? It's not like he can't handle it. Like, as long as he's flying under the radar, who cares? It's not like it's his first one either, right? Yeah, probably not. Exactly. I mean, wow, he's Canadian. Come on. <laughs> they drank at 15. Right. For sure he did. Hey, he lived in Ottawa too. Nepean to be exact or whatever it is. But, and I'm not so sure she wasn't lying and never found out that he was and just took a stab at it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so... Anyways, that's my story with Stevie, but he's 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 a friend and uh Oh, what's going on there? Please. Not yet. Not yet? Okay. No, I uh didn't know what to do after I uh, I was released with the Red Wings and plus I was hurt most of the, the two last two years and if it wasn't for the Red Wing alumni Ted Lindsay uh, and uh, Alex Del Vecchio uh, Shaky Peters uh, Johnny Wilson they called me up and said hey we want to go to lunch so the four of them they made this play about they needed a goaltender for the alumni and to come out and I, and I didn't want to do have anything to do with hockey. I was a little disenchanted, whatever. I didn't think our last couple of years with Detroit really did me justice. But I listened to him. I went out and started playing, having a lot of fun, Gary Bergman. And through all that and the dress room and all that, they were telling me, hey, listen, what are you going to do? Well, back then you had to work. I mean, we didn't make enough money to just retire. And they got me into the automotive. So I did that for about two, three years. And then uh, a guy by the name of Michael Barnett was president of IMG Hockey, uh, who, was, who I introduced to Wayne in 1980. And he became Wayne's agent Oh wow! And for over 35 years. Anyways, Wayne called me up and said, uh, come to California. And uh, Mike wants to talk to you. I have a feeling Wayne set it all up, but I became an agent. My first get was Joe Thornton. Oh, wow. Right off the bat. Yeah. In 90, 92, 93, he was only 14 years old. Uh, and I did that for 10 years. And then Wayne brought us to, brought Mike and I to Phoenix. So, but I had some good kids back then. I don't know if I should have left the agent business. I'd be, I'd be uh, number 10 in that power ranking for agents by now. <laughs> but uh, No, Wayne said, hey, come on, let's run an NHL team and have some fun for the rest of our life. Mm-hmm. Obviously didn't work out, but we had a good time, mm-hmm. really good time. And then from then I moved on and was his vice president in, in his wine company. So I did that for five years and then finally got uh, back into, I worked for Valentine which is a great vodka here in the States, uh, right here in, in uh, Ferndale, Michigan. It's brewed. Really? Uh, and I'm still doing a little of that, but then I got back in the agent business and uh, 
uh, started my own little boutique, just very small. Um, it's my first draft in the NHL this year, and I got three good kids going in there. So Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Good for you. Yeah. Getting back I, into the game, too. I like that. Well, I got the goaltender from Sarnia that was uh, the goaltender for U18, mm-hmm. uh, Ben Godro. So he's going to be my first, my first Joe Thornton. So let's awesome. put it that way. Yeah. Perfect. Hey, who's that one guy who, who like who shot the hardest, Eddie? Like that one guy that when he comes streaking down the wing or something and wound up, you're just like, oh man, this could hurt. Like that one guy that really caught yeah. you off guard. Who's that? Sorry. Ah, uh, you know what? Back then there was a few guys. Uh, probably the toughest guy to stop, but not the hardest, was Mike Bossy. Um, but the hardest shot would have been uh, um, Lemaire, Jacques Lemaire. Uh, he hit me one time right up in here, <laughs> knocked me out in Montreal. Uh, Guy, Guy had a good shot, Lafleur. But I think the guy that I uh, that I feared the most was on my own team in Detroit, Reed Larson. Oh, <laughs> good thing he's on your team. <laughs> yeah, he was on my team. Practice. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I would say he was the hardest guy, not in the game, but when you're talking the hardest shot, yeah, would have been Reed. But oh, the wow. most, I think Dougie uh, Dougie Wilson. I put him up when he was on the blue line uh, in in Chicago. He had a pretty good shot. Wow. Yeah, he was a pretty tough guy too. Yeah. Yeah. So Bob, Bob also told me to bring up like every team you played on that came like to play in Detroit or when you went to Detroit or whatever, you'd always uh, have, have mama Mio cook. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For the longest time they thought I had a restaurant Uh, because Wayne was asked when Detroit, he said, uh, Hey, when you come to Detroit, what's your favorite restaurant? And he didn't explain it. He just said, Mama Meals. So for the longest time, they all thought I had a restaurant, right? Wayne never ate anywhere. I mean, he'd call up and say, what's Mama cooking? And she knew he was coming in and she had a feast for, I think mom has cooked more, more NHL uh, teams, college teams, you name it. I had the Red Wings at Edmonton uh, and New York over. A funny story with the New York when I when we came over we we're playing Detroit, and uh, Detroit was fighting for a playoff spot. Believe it or not, in '82, uh, but uh, I took we were we were hurt, but it was only a one a one game road trip, so Herb didn't call anybody up. So we went with a skeleton uh, crew. We only had three lines and uh, five defensemen. So. We went over to my mom's and Herb Brooks was with us. Craig Patrick, who was the GM, brought all the trainers and all the whole team. So we had a great meal. And then uh, Rick Chartra and uh, Nikki Fatil come up to me and says, okay, wine is great. Papa makes great wine. Food was excellent. Let's get to the real stuff. I go, what are you talking about? He says, ah, Eddie, we know he's got grappa. He makes his own grappa. <laughs> I said, oh, no, Dad doesn't want anybody to know. He said, come on, Eddie. We're all Italians. I said, okay. Hey, Dad, bring us some grappa. 
Oh, no, 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 no. You got game tomorrow. No, no, no. So anyways, I convinced him to bring it up. He brings up his little bottle. So Craig Patrick has a shot. I have a shot. Nikki and Shardy have a shot. We do it. Now, you got to remember, this is pure alcohol. Okay, it's Italian moonshine, right? It's moonshine. Yeah. yeah, from the grapes after he makes the wine. So anyways, uh, he's got his own little still down. It's legal now, so it doesn't matter. And he's passed away, so they can't get him. Uh, so anyway, Shardy does another one. Nikki does another one. I do another one. Patrick says, no, no, no. So all season long, Nikki, Shardy, and I forget who was their centerman. They were on the fourth line. But they're going to play a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So we go out. We got the game going. And uh, first period, Detroit's kind of all over us. But we come out of it two to one. We win the game six to one. Okay. Nick Fatil got two goals. Rick Chartra got two goals. <laughs> and I only allowed one. <laughs> and uh, so anyways, Detroit's all pissed because we had a skeleton crowd. We didn't care. We were already in the playoffs. And it was late in the season. So we're in the dressing room. And Shardy comes up and says, Eddie, is Papa here? I said, yeah, of course he's here. He says, Do you think he can go back across the border and bring us a bottle to bring back to New York? <laughs> so we can have a few more shots the night before game. Uh, but that's the kind of atmosphere we had at Mama's Place. And uh, she was an excellent cook. She was the head chef at the Cleary Auditorium, which is now St. Clair or whatever. Mm-hmm. She yeah. would cook on a Saturday night, a thousand people. There'd be all kinds of weddings. That's but awesome. uh, she was phenomenal. And she fed a lot of... Uh, a lot of NHL guys got the to to taste her cooking, and uh, awesome. she was proud of it. Very proud. That's so, great. Yeah. Um, Rob, do you uh do you have anything else for him so we can let him go? Oh, I want him to go feed his kid. Okay. Hey, listen, he's not back. So if you need ten more minutes, I'm good. Oh, I'm, I'm oh good. Okay. fire away, Rob. <laughs> Oh man! So now, so now, Eddie, you go, you go from uh, when when you when you were playing college. Like, what 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 was it like playing college compared to playing junior A? Faster, believe it or not. You know, remember we were tier two, so we had good players, good young players, but all the guys, the 18, 19 year olds, they were kind of either going to go try and play pro somewhere, but. Uh, the OHL only had about six teams back then, I think, in, in the 70s. I could be wrong. Maybe there was eight. So it was very difficult. So the games were, I think, a little slower in junior, but they were good games. Don't get me wrong. But when I got to college, it was quick. It was quick. There was no blue line even back even in the 70s, oh. no blue line. A lot of people didn't realize college, college hockey was the first ones. They never played with a blue line. It was all wide open. So... I found it to be maybe not as skilled, but quick and still lots of shots. And as a goaltender, that's what you want. You want shots as you're, you know, you don't want to play on a, on the best team where you're only getting 12, 15 shots. It's hard for a scout to really determine, do you have it or not? That's why I tell my young guys, don't go to the best team. If you're a goalie, go to the middle of the road team. Cause you're going to get some shots. You're going to get noticed. You're going to learn a lot, but college was a good game back then. It really was. I mean, 
not that a lot of pros were coming, but a lot of guys were going to Europe and, and playing in the, uh, uh, back then we had the Central League, we had the Western League and, and the Eastern League, and they were all AHL, right? Now it's all American Hockey League. So I, th- I think it was a good experience for me as a goalie to go there. It really was. It was wide open. Let's put it that way. More wide open. Mm-hmm. So uh, I remember Wisconsin as a freshman, first game uh, in Wisconsin, they had a pretty good team. I think they went on to win the NCAA that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had 76 shots wow. and 72 saves. We lost <laughs> four to two. Holy so, bro. So I, I was working pretty good and I was too tired to go the next night and the backup goalie had I played, I would have had the record for both nights because they, they took 50 on us the next night too. But I think I still have the record for most, uh, most saves and most shots in a game. One game. That's a lot of rubber. Uh, Michelin man. (laughs) I'd have to look at their, their squad back then was awesome. I think Mike Eves played on it too. He was a fresh. No, I'm older than him. So if I was a freshman, he wasn't there yet, but Mike Eves had a great career in Wisconsin. So college hockey was good hockey and, and, and it's great hockey now. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Michigan's got four guys. I think that might go in the top 10 this year Yeah, in the draft. They're definitely going to have the number one overall Paul mm-hmm. from Toronto. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I'm trying to, uh, when I recruit a kid and, uh, and he comes with me and then the parents are always saying, what do you think's best? junior A or college there really is no I, to be honest guys it's not a difference you can go to college and still uh, play that great game and you can still play in the OHL it's just the preference of the, my client or mm-hmm. any any kid at that time you want to play junior obviously the OHL the CHL I should say might be the more direct route yeah. But you got a lot of scouts that are arguing because they say once you get to college, those first two years is like being in the AHL. They've got a point, you know. So there's no real direct way, but even back then, the CHL was probably the more direct route in the 70s. But as a goaltender, I thought I'm going to have four years to make it rather than just the two years. And uh, I'd rather have the more extension because goaltenders hopefully always get better later on. So, yeah. Right. Cause we've had a few, few guys come on here and that have went through the college route and they said that their, their, their uh, value dropped immensely by taking that route. And they say to do it all over again. Yes. I would have went into the OHL. And, or and, CHL. and Rob, that's exactly why I let the client make the decision. I don't tell them because then if it doesn't work out, like for those kids, you can't blame me. My job is to tell you, here's what it is in college and here what it is in the CHL or the OHL in this case, because we're in the East. So here's your pros, here's your pros, here's your cons, here's your cons. The problem with college hockey right now for me and it's not for the scouts. Trust me, they want you to go to college. They really do. But the problem is now, if it was um, a later draft and you're getting drafted out of college, it's good. But most of the kids are playing in the USHL 
or U18, the American right. kids. So when they get to college, they're either drafted or they go through another draft, meaning the second draft. Mm -hmm. That's what I don't like because the USHL doesn't take kids till they're 18, 19. There's a few odd draftable kids at that time because the development team takes all the good players, yeah. okay? which is the U.S. development team. Mm -hmm. right. but, the so, Austin Matthews and the Cofields and those yeah, guys, right? Exactly. And uh, so then they get drafted uh, in, in for, from the development team, their 17th, 18th birthday. And then they go to college as a freshman. And then the NHL team lets them play at least one year. And then they decide, hey, he's had enough. We're pulling him out. We're going to sign him. Or in uh, I think in Caulfield's case, he played two years at Wisconsin or one and a half and left and played in the AHL, got his feet wet and came up. So that's why the scouts like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that's not all the kids. You know what I mean? Yep. 17, you're, you're, the year you turn, the summer you turn 18 before September 15th is your draft year. A lot of okay. those kids are still playing U18 if they don't make the development team. Mm -hmm. That's right. the problem. They should be in the USHL playing at 17 so all the scouts can see all the kids. Mm -hmm. That's yep. why the OHL or the CHL, I should say, I got to include all three leagues, uh, is probably a better, better venue because you do your 16. Uh, your rookie year, play a little bit, maybe a lot, who knows. But then your draft year, you're in a position where a lot of scouts are going to see you. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of the American kids are at that. But when I played, you went in as a true freshman. See, the problem again is, since you asked the question, Rob, and I could talk forever on it because I'm an agent. <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. The, the problem is, is the college's, now can bring you in at 20 years old and you still got four years eligibility. When I went to college, you can come in at 20, but you only had two years eligibility. So at 22, you were done. If you didn't make pro and you wanted to stay in college, you can keep your scholarship, but you're not playing hockey. Now you can come in as a 24 year old. The team that just yeah, won- It uh, doesn't matter now. Yeah. The team that won, just won uh, UMass, the NCAAs. Most of their squad was 23, 24 year olds. Okay. Yep. Quinnipiac came into the league, second league, a second year into Division One. They won the NCAA. Why? Because they went and got all these old guys, 20 They're and grown up. men. Grown men. Yeah. And so that's one of the problems I see, but no one's going to listen to me. You should be <laughs> going in as a freshman, at a true 17 year old, turn 18. And the scouts can watch you play. Right. Whereas it's, it's difficult unless you're at the top of the crop. If you're at the top of the crop, then you're going to be okay. But what about those kids that are in the middle? You know, right. uh, they have to play another year, find themselves another year here at U18 or U, uh, U16. So that's my beef uh, with, with the U.S. way. And I just signed a kid in Windsor. He's coming. He's American kid. And uh, uh, Windsor's looking forward to having him. He scored 46 goals as a 15-year-old in the, in the U15s last year. Um, Going to be a good kid. But it all started out. He wanted to go to college. Oh, wow. No, no. And then he so changed his mind. He's going to play mind. for the Spets? Yeah, he changed his mind just right awesome. at the end. 
He just we'll said, have to get what? him on the show. That would be great. Oh yeah. Yeah. He'll be here this year. Probably as soon as the border, I think uh, Billy wants him to come in and, and probably sign his contract. So, mm-hmm. so that's the kind of like, he sees, you know, that he has to spend two years playing somewhere. And one of those years is going to be his draft year. It's not, if it's not a high end team, right. Right. He might not get noticed this way. He's going to be in Windsor for the next uh, three years four years and scouts will get us get to see him play. Yeah, so that's, yeah. So that's the difference when you ask about college and, and the CHL. Yep. Awesome. Yep. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, so yeah. I have one more question for you. Yep. And uh, if, if there was any one rule that you could change in the NHL, Eddie, what would it be? <laughs> well, I think uh, the one rule is let the players play. If you touch a guy with your stick, it's not a penalty. Okay. I want to see aggressiveness back in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause that tells what a, everybody's got skill in this game right now. But when you put who wins these playoff games, it's the third and fourth lines, right? Yeah. Why? Cause they go out and bang you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're going to hit you. So I'd like to see a more aggressive game where you can hit a guy and not get called mm-hmm. for a penalty. Okay? Are you okay with all the cross checking? Well, that's because you can't hit anybody. Right. And, you know, I mean, uh, like if you can't retaliate, okay, you want to see? Let's put fighting back in the game. All right? I'd love it. You won't see that cross check. I love it. I'd love you it. You won't see the cross check. And you won't see as many fights either. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody thinks. Oh, everybody's just going to fight. No, what it's doing is if you know that the tough guy is going to come after you after you hit somebody, mm-hmm you know, with a cross check or from behind or nail them, it keeps the game honest. As you said, if you remember the 80s and and even part of the 90s, there wasn't a lot of cross checking. There wasn't a lot of bull crap going on after the whistles. There wasn't punching here and there and not get called for it because they know that, uh uh-oh, next shift, he's going to come after me. I'm getting it. Mm-hmm. You, you see what I'm saying? And and yep. I think it keeps the game honest. Your better players are not going to get hit because, you know, hey, Wayne Gretzky, first of all, you couldn't catch him to, to, to hit him. But if you did hit him, it was a big man coming off the boards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you hit him, if you hit him bad, okay? Dave Semenko was coming off or Marty McSorley. You know, Glenn Saylor did a great job surrounding him and Mess, and Mess could take care of himself. But, but the point is, it kept the game honest. You're not going to see this cross-checking. You're not going to see hitting from behind. Um, you know, it, 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 to me, it's got to be a little bit more lenient and forget the power plays. I mean, now we found a way to, to, to combat power plays before they put it in so that it could be higher scoring. Now you mm-hmm. look at some of these power play uh, percentages on good teams aren't what they would have been even back in the old days. Mm-hmm. Okay? No, they're dreadful. Uh, it's 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 just I want to keep the game more honest. Okay, yeah. get that uh, instigator bit. out of there. Get that instigator rule out of there. Make instigator out of there. You know, hold guys it's, fucking accountable for the shitty hits that they throw and stuff. Exactly. I mean, I don't think we didn't. We saw just as good hockey when fighting was allowed. Yep. Than we do here. I mean, we see great hockey now, but it was just as good there. But it was more honest, I think. 
I mean, yeah. yep. you know, you I agree with the headshots and the checking in the head and all that stuff. I totally agree with getting that out of the game. But if you if you stick me in the back or cross check me, you know, I should be able to turn around and drop my gloves and punch the shit out of you. So, <laughs> and it would stop all that, like you said. And I I think Brad Marsha will still be Brad Marsha because he's not yep. afraid to drop the gloves. Yeah, right? he'd still be a pest, just like Kenny Lindsay was Lindsen, in our yeah. age. Yeah. Okay. He'd still be a pest, and he knew. But obviously, if he was getting beat bad, somebody could come in. Nobody wants to come in as a third man anymore because now you get suspended, yeah. right? Instead of just the game, now you get a game, uh, two or whatever the disciplinary committee. We never had a disciplinary committee <laughs> back then, but I think it's just made so that no one gets hit, no one gets touched. When there's a fight out there, what's the first thing the crowd does? Stands up. You stand up. Okay. So what's the, and you know what? I know that there's been a lot made with Bobby Provert, God bless his soul. Some other guys that with the, the trauma of being hit in the head and all that, mm -hmm. uh, maybe there is a correlation between that, but it's just as bad getting nailed into the boards and, and getting your brain jarred than, than a punch to the head. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you can equate, fighting to to the brain damage that some of these guys had or the suicides we had i don't know i can't answer that mm -hmm. but i yeah. know that in my 11 years just pro and then even before that in college i never seen a guy get really hurt in a fight really bad mm -hmm. unless the guy sucker punched somebody and yeah. then that's a no-no yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a no-no but again uh if there's a rule change i just like to see uh, a little bit less of the uh, just because your stick goes and touches him on his glove, you got two minutes. Uh, you're hooking. How many times did Wayne Gretzky get hooked from behind and nothing was called back then? Because mm -hmm. it's okay. That's part of the game. Mm -hmm. I can't let that guy just he's got more skill than me. I got to find a way to stop him. Mm -hmm. So we hold him up. I mean, that happened but all the time. Take a look at old old films. Who wasn't if you're behind kind of jerking that stick in there. Okay. Yeah. They weren't hurting them. They weren't slashing them. They're just holding them up, throwing them off. You're throwing yeah. them up. Now it's a penalty. But, but what, wasn't that Mario Lemieux's rule to get changed? Probably. Like, remember he was having a bad back and all that crap that was going yep. on because they were leaning on him and, you know, hooking him back and slowing him down and he's leaning further over or they're cross checking him or they're, you know what I mean? Like, I but, don't know. Rob, I know Mario personally, he's a great guy and he's a competitor. Yeah. I don't think he called for the rule. Okay. No, 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 yeah. no, no. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you were to ask him, he grew up in that. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe not Quebec. Quebec's a little different. Nobody <laughs> hit that. <laughs> Quebec. They still don't. They still don't. But my point is, I don't know what, rule change you really change except I'd, I'd like to see a little bit more accountability that's all yeah, me too yeah. i agree eddie I agree. man this is uh this has been fantastic man all this right. has been like no problem guys i enjoyed it my son just i can hear him up there beauty uh, yeah perfect timing wants, he wants to get fed <laughs> all right uh, eddie thank you guys, so much man. hopefully we see you as soon as i cross the border i'll give you a shout we'll have a beer at beatles uh, awesome we're, we're down all right. Be there for sure. You got it, guys. All right, Eddie. Thank you. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye.
And there he was, Eddie Mio. What a fucking legend that guy is. The guys he's played with, the guys that he talked us about, freaking Lemieux, Gretzky. I the story about Eiserman was awesome, hilarious. But uh, fucking what a guy Ronnie to have Duguay. on, man. Ronnie Duguay. Yeah. He got Ronnie Duguay. Yeah, those guys ripped up New York City, man. So. Club 54. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, Eddie, we can't wait to have a couple beers with you when you can cross the border. Let's put it that way. So The legend of Erie Street. Yeah. So, big shout out to Ed, our boy, Eddie Mio. So, Rob, we'll, uh, we'll kind of move on here and we'll just keep going here real quick. Okay. So, we're going to start. We're going to jump back in. We're going to be in Nashville. Look at the names on that list. Cousins. Granlin, Halla, Matt Duchesne is available as well. Richardson, Sissons, like there's a lot of guys of Matt Benning, like the guys that are available on that list, man, there is some talent on that list. If I had to choose one of those, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go a guy like Nick Cousins. <sighs> Okay, I'm going to go with uh, – fuck, I can't even say his name. <laughs> Which one? Uh, Tanner Janot. Genot. G-E-A-N-N-O-T. Okay, yeah, you probably got it right there, yeah. Janot. What a guy. Wait, you can't choose him. He's protected. He's protected. I was wondering why he oh. wasn't on the list. He, that's he's not available. <laughs> well, dash four. Um, <laughs> Rob's blocked three shots in this episode. He's already been oh, stitched so up twice. Right he's been he's dash four. <laughs> he's getting elbowed in the teeth. His gums are bleeding right now. He's fucking. <laughs> they are. How about? Uh, Fuck. <laughs> Matt Duchesne. Ooh, you're splurging. I like it. I like it. Yep. New Jersey. They got like AJ Greer, Johnson. Uh, I don't even know. David Quenville. There's not a really OPK is available. I think he might be a nice little fit in Seattle, but I'm going to go on D, but I'm going to go Colin White. Or sorry, Colton White. Sorry. Hmm. <laughs> Willie Butcher. Willie Butcher. So the next team, Rob, is kind of kind of interesting. It's the Islanders. Look at the names: Josh Bailey, Sazikis, uh, Jordan Eberle. Hosang, Leo Komarov, Paul Mary, Richard Panic, um, Braden Coburn, Andy Green, Thomas Hickey. Komarov. I take Komarov. You take Komarov? Yeah. I'm going to go with Jordan Eberle. I think would be sweet there. Rangers. This is another interesting one. They got Colin Blackwell, uh, Gauthier, Barclay Goodrow. Anthony Greco, um, 
Oh, they got that one guy. Who's that one guy who's in shit all the time? Oh, they oh they got well, Brandon Smith's not in shit all the time, but that uh Tony uh fuck, whatever, but he's on the list. I think he's gonna be signed somewhere, but they also got Keith Kincaid to the goal. Yeah. I'm gonna go uh I'm gonna go Goodrow. Actually, he just got to New York though, didn't he? So yeah, he's not gonna go. I don't think it's gonna be Goodrow. He's, I'm gonna go Colin Blackwell because I think Goodrow just got there. I'm going with Blackwell as well. That's probably a good pick. Ottawa. Whoo, Clark Bishop, Dadnov. Uh, ooh, Ottawa's tough. Josh Brown, Forsberg, Hobart. I think this is gonna be my third goalie. I think it's gonna be Matt Murray. I think is going to be the third one in that in that group there. I agree. It's a, it's a solid pick. It's a solid pick. Yep. Um, and we'll move on to Philly. They got like James uh, Van Riemsdyk. I think I. You know what? Let's just fucking. I'm going to say the same thing there. So we'll just go right past Philadelphia. We're going Pittsburgh now. Pittsburgh, Rob. Okay, you're you're obviously looking at the same list I am, right? So, ooh. Yep. I'm, I'm going to go Brandon Tanev. I'm going to go Austin Reese. Yeah, that's a good pick, too. San Jose. So, San Jose. Ooh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go gritty here. I'm going to go grit. I'm going to go size. Who? Danano. 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 Danato. Is that, is that who you're going with? Ryan Danano. Yeah. Donato. Yeah. Donato. I'm gonna yep. go uh I'm gonna go with some grit here. I'm gonna go Curtis Gabriel. Scrapper. I like him. He's the one that's just troll center. He's drooling over the fucking red line. So I'm gonna go uh I'm gonna go with him. I'm gonna add some grit there. So now St. Louis, they got Bozak, Kyle Clifford. I'm thinking, well, Hoffman right now is linked to Montreal. Like Tyler Sanford, Bozak, Swartz, huh? Tyler Bozak. Yeah, that's probably a good one too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that one too, Rob. That's a good pick. We're agreeing on some picks here, but it could be Tarasenko too, though. I'm gonna say it's one, one of those two. I'm gonna say. So Tampa Bay, we go, we'll go over to Lightning. Lightning, I'll just say right off. Um, I think it's gonna be Yanni Gord. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> See, we're we're smashing picks right now. So, Rob, here's what it, here's where it comes to your Leafs. Okay, who do you think it's going to be? Zach Hyman. You think it's going to be Hyman? I think Hyman's going to well, be a it's red. It's either going to be him or Kerfoot. I think it'll be Kerfoot because I still say I think Hyman's going to be a Red Wing. I just I just feel it'd be nice. <laughs> But I hope Eiserman gets him because I know he was one of the ones that he was zoning in on. So, but I, yeah, Dermot, yeah, would be a good one. Or, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Dermot. I'm going to go Dermot. It's a good pick. So, moving on, we're almost done here. Vancouver. Vancouver. Ooh. I'm going to go Suter. Brandon Suter, I think, would be a nice fit. 
I'm going to go with Jake Bertanen. Good pick. Really good pick. Washington. This is where it gets <laughs> this is where it gets nuts. Like Ovi's on this Ovechkin. list. Like you, you, Ovechkin. Would I can be, take an Ovechkin. Wouldn't that be nuts? What's what's his fucking salary though? Like oh, he but he wants he, like he's gotta be unrestricted, right? He is unrestricted, but he wants like 13 million a year or something crazy. Like he's staying in Washington. Yeah. I'm gonna go defense again and I'm gonna go Brendan Dillon. That's who I'm gonna go with. I probably have a shit ton of D men, but whatever. Winnipeg. This ooh, I'm going Nate Thompson. He's I think that's who goes. I'm going to go with oh balls. <laughs> Dylan DeMello. Oh, I like it. I like your style. Hey, so that's all the teams in the NHL, Rob. That's everybody, man. Whew. <laughs> While we're here, Rob, let's we talk. Really did it. We really let's, did it, Harry. Yeah, we did it. While we're here, though, let's talk a couple trades that actually happened over the past little bit before we exit out here today. Um, so one of them, my Red Wings, made a deal with the Islanders. They sent Richard Panic and a second round pick to the Islanders for Nick Letty. And honestly, I love the move. I think Nick's going to add, uh, well, let's face it, we need defense, right? But I just like Nick's style of play. He's a leader and uh, he knows how to win and he's a vet. And I just think he, he just think he's a nice fit for, for the wings. I think he's a starter. Well, I think, I think I for this. I expect Iserman to be very active in the next few weeks. Yeah. Well, with the trade, um, with the um, free agency market yeah, opening free. up, like not shortly after uh, one week, everything's going, uh, the, the expansion draft and everything. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be very close to becoming a Detroit Red Wing fan. If Zach Hyman goes to Detroit, <laughs> I would love. He's There's a linked. lot of, like, I, I, I know, I know, I know a lot of guys, and I, I'm going to tell you one guy, uh, you know, um, Beaner uh, said to, like, I've known Beaner for a hundred years, mm -hmm. and he told, he has always been a Gretzky fan. When Gretzky came into the league, he was a Gretzky fan. No matter where he went, he was that, he was a, mm -hmm. a hockey player fan, mm -hmm. which, I'd never seen before in my entire life. Like wherever he went, that's the guy he grabbed. That's the jersey he he yeah. would buy wherever he that's, went. That's his guy. That's his guy. And yeah. we, and how cool is that? Like if you pick a guy like that, you're you're set. Yeah. You know, like you're gonna win fucking cups. Yeah. So that being said. I really like Zach Hyman. I, I think he's a, a, an amazing person. I think he's a hell of a hockey player. And whatever team he ends up with is going to be better because they picked him. Mm -hmm. I hope it's so, Detroit. 
I don't know letting him go and keeping Nylander. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I would let Nylander go Me before too. I would keep her. You know what I mean? So, fuck, whatever. Well, hopefully he comes over to the wing. So, we'll see coming up in the next couple of weeks there. So, I think free agency, uh, free agency opens up on the 28th. Okay. So, exactly one week after the expansion draft. Um, another one, there was a three-way All deal. Right. Nashville got Philip Myers, Cody Glass, Philly gets Ryan Ellis, and Vegas gets Nolan Patrick. <laughs> Some guys fucking flying around there, right? Eh? You trying to like? Sorry, what, what did you say about Ryan? Where Ryan Ellis go? Ryan Ellis is now a member of the Philadelphia Flyers. That nuts. kid's a stud. Yeah, it's stud. nuts. So yeah, so who who do you think won that trade? I think it's between Philly and Vegas because Vegas gets Philly. Nolan Patrick. So but I'd say Philly. I think Philly too. Ellis is a stud. And and the only goes, reason I say Philly is because you know Ellis is a Spitfire. So yeah, and he grows a hell of a beard too. So shout out to Ryan Ellis. Uh, anytime you want to come on the show, we're right here. Yeah, 100%. Right. And we'll kind of close it up here. Like I said earlier on in the in the show when we hit like Montreal there for the pick that the Montreal is apparently closing in on a deal with Mike Hoffman. So okay. if Mike Hoffman can get a fresh start, go in there in that packed house there with the Habs and everything, he, if you could get him going, man, he could be a like 30-goal-a-year guy. So... If, if if he's not causing shit in the dressing room, but we'll see. But that was the wives, though. But <laughs> that's besides the point. But it doesn't matter. But he either way, he can be a really good. He can be a good, awesome player. He can be a good goal scorer. Right. He'll fight too if he has to. He doesn't care. So I'm gonna give about? a shout out though before we 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 send her off there though. Uh, Misty. Doug, Amanda, and I were sitting around a bonfire and I get a phone call. It's like, I don't know, 10 o'clock and it's mm -hmm. pumps. <laughs> so he says, you know, it really bothered me that you said that I, I stood you up on the podcast. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, did I? I said, I don't even remember saying it. You said, said you, yeah, but, buddy. You then. know, like maybe I did, but I was really disappointed. I said, because if you do stand me up, we're, we're not going to be friends anymore. So, <laughs> You know, I don't, whatever. So he, he calls me up and, and I didn't make the Meg meeting uh, on Friday because uh, I, I had a crushing headache and it wasn't because of alcohol or anything like that. It was just <laughs> one of those things. I, I, I get them every once in a while and they're, they're probably once a year and it was, it was Friday. Like I, mm -hmm. I just got it and I went into work on Saturday, straight time, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I just, I just, I just appreciate Pumps calling me because uh, he's like, I was worried about your heart, you know, like you, you, you text me and said uh, I wasn't feeling well, and and uh, I just wanted to give him a big shout out, like uh, solid guy, solid mm -hmm. guy. Him and him and Jordan were were out partying together and tried me get tried to get me up to the Peacock Lounge, and it just wasn't happening. So, <laughs> well, yeah, on it, Jordan. Broman, they're two total buttes. Hey, on on the other end of 
of the fucking spectrum pumps. I got a little bit of a bone to pick with you when I see you. So <laughs> just throwing that out there, Matt. So when I see you, me and you are going to have a chat, mister. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure he's worried about it. I'm sure he's worried about it. No, he ain't. He don't give a shit. But anyways, so. But well, he does. You you Yeah, he does. I, I promise you he does. Because <laughs> he told me to tell you to make sure that I told you. And I said, I'm not going to tell him. And he, <laughs> listen, I'm not avoiding him. I just took myself off of all social media. So well, then that's why you throw, throw, throw the boys, your fucking celly, Matt, let's go. Fuck. We could have had beers and golf by now. <laughs> I got, I got a cell phone number. He just told me not to give it to you. Oh, well, see, and that's why I see now <laughs> way to go, Matt. See Rob's starting shit now. Yeah, yeah. I got to stir it up once every episode, and, and it, he never said that. I'm, I'm bullshit. No, I know. I know. Bullshit. Pumps is a beaut. I, I can understand. Sometimes they just got to get away from that shit, man. They don't like yeah. Yeah. being out there and everything, and everybody knows all your fucking business, so I don't blame them one bit. But I haven't seen them, Pumps. I'm just fucking with you. When I see you, we'll have a beer. We'll shoot the shit, as always, which we're going to get them back on soon with us, so... In sure. the meantime, Rob's already dash like nine on the on the episode, so we're gonna cut him some slack and we're gonna let Rob go. Couple go drags. <laughs> so until next week, Aunt Rob, we're signing off. We're out of here. See you later. Yeah, I can get behind it.